Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message is a continuation in the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Okay, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking together in the Gospel of Luke. We've been studying in Luke's Gospel. It makes it fairly easy then to know where we're going. So we're in chapter 17. Today, uh, we're talking about Thanksgiving, which is kind of unusual. You know, July, a lot of times they say Christmas in July. Today, it's Thanksgiving in July. And you know, that makes sense because every day should be Thanksgiving. The Lord blesses us and continues to bless us. And he's blessed us today. And we need to be learned to be able to give thanks and to be thankful. So here's a passage of Scripture that normally you do hear a lot at Thanksgiving, and I'm sure you have. So chapter 17 of Luke, we're going to pick up at verse 11. Verse 11. All right, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that's Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. They stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not... Any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's have prayer again. Lord, would you continue to allow your Holy Spirit to be at work among us? May you draw us close to you. And today, Lord, I just ask that each of us, each one of us can be able to to sense your presence. And Lord, we would be different because we've heard your word, because we've been and met with you. And I thank you for each person that's here, your love for them. And I just pray your blessings now upon each one. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. remember hearing about a first grade teacher. It's around Thanksgiving. And so she had asked the, the students, she said, uh, I want you to be able to take a piece of paper and draw something that you're thankful for. Draw a picture that you're thankful for. Now, she kind of worried about it a little bit because in her class, there were some, some children that had it pretty rough. They had some unfortunate circumstances, but she thought, surely, everybody can draw a picture of something that they're thankful of. And so one little boy had traced out a, or had traced out a hand or drew a hand. And so uh, somebody had pointed that out. And, and so somebody said, oh, I bet that's the hand of God because he blesses us so much. And that little boy said, no. And somebody said, that's probably a farmer's hand because we get a lot of stuff from farmers. And the little boy said, no. Well, the kids got distracted with what they were doing. And so the teacher was kind of wondering, you know. And so she just went over and she kind of knelt down by him and she said, uh, whose hand is that? He looked up at her and he smiled. He said, it's yours. Why? She realized then she had something to be thankful for, being able to touch Young people. She realized when they went to recess, sometimes she didn't even think about it. That it. Not just him, but some of the children, she would hold their hands, help to lead them. Not realizing that that was making a 
huge impact on that little boy. What an opportunity we have to be able to make a difference. There's a lot of things that we have to be able to give thanks for. We certainly see the, the opportunity of thanks in this passage of Scripture. Jesus is once again passing through. He's going through an area close to Samaria, Galilee. It's a lot of Gentile uh, area. He's headed toward Jerusalem, but he's ministering, and there he comes in contact with ten lepers. Ten lepers. It gives us an opportunity here just to stop and just remind ourselves once again about leprosy and uh, how bad it was. Lepers were basically outcasts of a community. If you got leprosy, you no longer could go to the temple. You could not be at the synagogue. You couldn't conduct business. You couldn't be a business person or run a business because you just couldn't be around people. You were an outcast. You were pushed out away from people. In fact, you had given to you the responsibility of being like your own prophet. Because when somebody would get close to you, you had to cry out unclean, unclean, to be able to keep them away. And as a constant reminder of your situation, of how you was physically unclean, and those days people thought if you had leprosy, not only were you unclean physically, but it was also a sign of your spiritual condition. And so you were unfit, unclean spiritually. And basically, leprosy was like living but being dead. Because you had no contact with your family or friends. And so although you were alive and breathing, you were basically dead to all those around you. That's leprosy. So here's ten people that are together. Now, we find out that one of them is a Samaritan. It's kind of... It's kind of unusual, isn't it? Samaritans were people that the, the Jewish people hated. They called them half-breeds. That's what they called them because, this, remember, the tribes divided. And so you had ten tribes and two tribes. And in 722 A.D., Assyria, they conquered the ten tribes. And when they did, many of them intermarried. And so they, that's why they'd call them half-breeds. And so... They became where they just hated one another. And in fact, if a Jew was going anywhere they were going, if it was closer to go through Samaria, they'd just go around it. They couldn't stand each other. But isn't it kind of interesting when you have a disease, when you have a tragedy that takes place, if there's a war that people that hate each other can all of a sudden find they can get along? Here's these lepers. They can't come in contact with anybody. And here's people that normally wouldn't get along, but because they've got leprosy, it draws them together. Isn't that interesting how that happens? And so these lepers, they begin to cry out to Jesus to have mercy. Do you know this? Whenever people cry out to mercy to Jesus, when you read through the Gospels, he stopped and delivered mercy. Blind Bartimaeus cries out... Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, what do you want? To receive my sight. Jesus had mercy. And so here, Jesus stops. They're crying out for mercy. 
And Jesus said, I'll tell you what, fellas. Go to the priest and show yourself. You see, before you could actually fit back into society, you had to be able to have the priest's approval. And so Jesus was law-abiding. He said, I want you to go to the priest. Now, I can just imagine, if you've got ten people, that you probably have somebody that has enough human nature in them to start complaining. It doesn't say that here. But I think back to 2 Kings chapter 5, and there you find the most famous leper in the Bible, Naaman. Remember the Naaman? If you haven't read that story, 2 Kings chapter 5, you might want to, uh, to take a look at it. But Naaman was a military leader. He was a general in the Assyrian army. And Naaman had got leprosy. Now, when you have leprosy, that basically ends your career. But they had conquered or, or taken some captives, and they had made this Jewish girl a servant. And she said, you know, it, it's a shame we're not in Samaria. If we were in Samaria, there's a prophet that's there, Elisha, and he could heal you. Well, Naaman heard that, and he said, well, we're going to try it out. And he talked to the king. And the king said, well, I'm going to send a message to Israel's king, and you just go on down there. So he takes that note to the king of Israel, and he's like, what is this, a declaration of war? Who can heal? Who could do this? But he had a, somebody in his cabinet said, no, no, and they sent him on down to the prophet. Now, Naaman goes down to see Elisha. Here's the interesting thing. Elisha doesn't even come outside to greet him. He sends one of his assistants out there. Well, that just makes Naaman mad. And then the assistant said, well, here's what you need to do. Elisha says, you need to go down to Jordan, the river. And Naaman said, that's a dirty river. Where I come from, we've got all kinds of clean rivers. We've got much better rivers. Why would I want to go to Jordan? And you need to dip seven times. And he said, why? Why seven times? And he is just mad. And he leaves furious, just mad. He's got an assistant that says, wait a second. If the prophet would have asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. He's asked you to do something that's simple. It may be humbling, but it's simple and you can do it. Just obey. And so Naaman decides, we've come this far, that's what I'm going to do. And he goes down to the Jordan River and he dips seven times and he's healed. Here, I could just see these fellas. I could just see one of them saying, you know, I heard about Jesus healing the leper, but he went and touched him. He didn't touch us. I heard that when Jesus healed him, it was just completely healed. Look at us. We're still covered. We could go and show ourselves to the priest, but we're taking a chance. We get there, they're just going to say, what are you doing? You can't do this. We're going to kill you. Of course, one of them said, well, what have we got to lose? Let's just obey him. Just obey what the Lord says. You know, today, that's how people are. People want to complain. They'll come to church. They might hear a message. They might be people go home today and eat lunch and just complain. Did you hear what the preacher said? And just complain. I can't believe that the Bible says this. There's people that complain. It doesn't fit into society. Listen to me. Just do what God says. You'll be much better. There's plenty of people today getting ready to have a wedding shower. 
There's plenty of people today that skip the wedding. They just move in together. It's not what the Bible says you should do. I mean, does God really know what he's talking about? Well, listen. Do you know that people that live together more likely to have abuse, more likely to have cheating, they get married more likely than to be divorced. You know, it turns out that God does know what he's talking about. We just need to be able to trust him and to follow him. To follow and do what he says. So, these ten lepers, they start off. He said, go to the priest. Let's go. On their way, all of a sudden, they're healed. The skin, the disease, it's gone. The nerve endings where they couldn't feel, all of a sudden they can feel, they can touch. One of them says, I don't know where Jesus is going to be here in a few days. Or I don't know if he's planning on staying there or what's going to happen. I'm going to go back while I know where he's at. And I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to tell Jesus, thank you for what he's done. Now, some people might think he just snuck off. But verse 15 tells us, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. See, this fella is loud. I don't think he snuck off. I think he made it known. Fellas, I'm going back. I've been healed. I'm going back. What are you going to do? And you know what they did? They said, no, we're, we're going to continue on. I've got to get back. One of them may have said, you know... I didn't deserve this anyway. Another one said, I've just got to get back. I don't have time. I've got to get back. But this one says, I'm going back to tell Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And so he returns. And, and look what the Bible tells us. It says that uh, one of them returned. He saw I've been healed. Returned with a loud voice. So when he gets back, he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed of Jesus. He's not ashamed to tell people that Jesus has done this. He's not ashamed of God. There's a lot of people today. They say they know and they walk with the Lord, but they're ashamed. When they get out in public, they're ashamed to bow their head, to offer prayer. You meet at the courthouse, they're ashamed. They're ashamed to be able to carry their Bible, to be able to mention Jesus' name. But no, this fellow says, I'm not ashamed. And he's with a loud voice. He makes it known. Jesus has done this. He's changed me. Unashamed. That's what Paul said, Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first, also to the Greek. He said, I'm not ashamed. And I'm going to let people know what Christ has done for me. This, boy, this young man was not ashamed. Not only was he not ashamed, he was intent on glorifying God. He was loud and he wanted to honor God. Look what God had done for him. And so in return, I want to be able to glorify God. I want to use my life for God. Remember watching the Andy Griffith show. Andy had saved Gomer's life. Remember that episode? And Well, then Gomer just about moves in with him. Drives him crazy. Just moves in with him just trying to, to repay him. How do you repay somebody that saved your life? Here's a fellow, his life has been set. You don't have a life. You're walking dead with leprosy. 
And he's been changed. And so he just wants to honor and glorify God. Not only does he want to do that, he bows down. That's what the Bible tells us. Verse 16, he fell down on his face. He bows down as if worshiping. Many people believe that this fellow had recognized Jesus is the very Son of God. He's the Messiah. And he bows down to worship him, to reverence him. Now, if some people don't think that Jesus is the Son of God, listen, if an angel of God, if somebody bowed down to worship him, they'd say, get up. Get up. I don't deserve that. If you're a true prophet of God, you'd say, no, 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 you worship him. But Jesus is the very Son of God. He does deserve our worship and our praise. And He bows down and He worships Him. Giving thanks. Now, since we're talking about thanksgiving, let me just add this. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you know it. You hear it all the time. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. You know what God's will is for you? To give thanks. Some of you say, well, I don't mind giving thanks, but you said everything. In everything? There's some things I don't want to give thanks for. Let me tell you something. It's not necessarily that God wants you to give thanks for those bad things. But when those bad things happen, He still wants you to give thanks because you know why? God is still sovereign and in control. God, for a Christian, is always going to be able to bring good from it. You know, it's a, it's a reminder of us, of our faith. It's also a reminder there's a better place for us. And we should just be able to trust God and give thanks. And here's what you're going to find. When you begin to thank God, you draw close to God. You sense His presence, and you'll sense His power working in your life. Giving thanks. I don't understand it, but I'm giving thanks. God can take this and do something with it when no one else can. I don't know how, but I'm giving thanks to Almighty God. Now, is it really important that we give thanks? In this passage, we see Jesus ask three questions. Three questions. Does Jesus really care? Does he notice whether I give thanks or not? Well, notice verse 17. Jesus says, we're not there ten that were cleansed. Isn't that interesting? I wonder how we knew that they were ten lepers. I wonder if you had asked the disciples, how many lepers were there that day? Well, I don't know. There were several of them, but I bet they, don't, I bet they didn't know. But Jesus knew there were ten. You see, Jesus knows people personally. When he healed people, when the lady that had the issue of blood just snuck up, and he knew. And these ten, he knew. Jesus said, wasn't there ten? There's ten. Where's the other nine? You see, he does notice. God knows. It's His will that we do give thanks, that we are appreciative. And just as when you do things and people say thank you, you, you appreciate it. You notice. You notice. Here, Jesus says, where are the nine? 
Were they not thankful? Then he asked, Will the others return or is it only this foreigner? You would think other people that say that they worship God would want to come and give thanks to God. But is, is it only this man? Then Jesus says something in verse 19 that I want you to look at. Verse 19, he says, because the fellow still bowed down. He said, I want you to arise and go your way. Your faith has, and here it says, my translation says, made you well. But let me tell you what it really says in Greek. It says, your faith has saved you. That's what it says, saved you. People that are the best scholars, the best, they say, Jesus is talking about more than physical healing here. See, all ten of them were physically healed. But one of them came away with more than just a physical healing. One of them came away with true salvation and forgiveness and was spiritually changed. One of them truly had met the Messiah, the Savior. And Jesus says, were there not ten? Were the others? Then he looks at this one and he said, your faith has saved you. You're different for not just now, but for all eternity. And you know what? Sometimes you can go to a church service and you're with a group of people. But you may be the only one that comes and in faith receives Christ. And it could be that leper that day, that was his day of salvation. I want to tell you something. One of the things we see reading through the gospel of Luke is, is the gospel is for every single person. And it surprises us sometimes who it is that gets their life changed. Zacchaeus, this leper. And it could be that today that you may be somebody's surprise. But the Lord is speaking to you and wants to change your life. You just put your faith in it. It also could be that today that we realize that we've been taking things for granted. We do need to be able to give thanks. And we've just been living life and, and just ignoring really God. But I need to stop and give God thanks. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Everything. The ability to be able to work, to have health, to have the knowledge. It comes from God. It all. Come from God. And I just need to be able to stop and say, Lord, thank you. I don't want to take it for granted. Thank you. Let's just take a moment. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for each one that's here today. This is your service, Lord. We put it in your hands. This is your time. And Lord, if you're dealing with someone, may you give them the courage, the faith to be able to step out today unashamed, being able to acknowledge you. Lord, I just ask that, Lord, that today that you could help each of us, every single person, to be saved or to know that they're saved, to be able to walk in your will and live like you want us to. Lord, summer's ending. Give us a boldness. 
so that as we, whether it go to school, work, whatever it is that's upcoming this fall, may we be sold out for you. So I pray for your blessings. May your will be done now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.